Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello everyone, this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming back for us and we just have to remain faithful to the end because let me tell you, it is all going to be worth it. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to talk about Now, some can call this a a controversial uh, topic, but for me, it is just based on the word of God. Because you see, that's the problem. We have so many false doctrines going out there. We have so much false uh, uh, interpretations of scriptures. We have a lot of false brothering that are spreading Uh, views about the rapture. Some don't like the word rapture because it's not in the Bible, but we know that the Bible says that there will be a gathering, okay, right? And if you break that word word gathering down in the Greek and the Hebrew and all that, it means a snatching away, a, a, a catching up or being caught up, okay? And so, we see within the body of Christ that there are a lot of, of bickering and, and hotly uh, tested uh, theories. And I'm thinking, listen, at the end of the day, don't you want to be caught up in the air with the Lord? I mean, they are kicking and fighting and screaming about this whole rapture thing. Some people say, no, there won't be a rapture. And some say, you know, yes, um, it's going to be before the seven-year tribulation period. Some say, no, it's coming midpoint. Or some say it's coming at the end. And there are really hotly contested uh, debates about this. And I'm thinking, so I'm looking at it from the outskirts, like, isn't being, whether you want to say rapture or gather or caught up or snatched up out of this earth, isn't that a good thing, people? Why, why are y'all fighting and kicking about this? But you see, that's Satan's ploy to get us arguing and bickering about the thing that we love to what to be with the Lord okay so now okay now look I did this intensive study because I needed to go straight to the word because at one point I was a pre-tribber and that's um a nickname if you will for those who believe in the pre-tribulation rapture view that we believe that 
we will be snatched out of here before the Antichrist comes on the scene, before his uh, persecution of the saints happen, that we don't have to go through any of those seven series of judgments that God is going to put on the earth in the end times, okay? Those are those seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls, or some say, um, like um, in the Bible, it says uh, seven vials or seven plagues. Okay. So, and some believe that, you know, um, we will go through at least half of the seven year period at that three and a half year mark, you know, around that uh, seal number six that we are going to be taken out then. Uh, some say that we are going to um, endure the whole seven years and then Jesus is going to come at the end of it take us up and then when he come back down you know we are going to be with him you know at the battle of armageddon so that whole seven year period has been hotly contested about when is this going to happen okay so now um i like i said i too was of the pre-tribulation fan club I was even of a fan of the pre-wrath, you know, at the at the sixth seal for a long time. I was stuck on that. But then, you know, as you mature in the word, you know, and um, when you're really sitting with Jesus, because I believe when you really get that sin out of your life, you, you actually hear from the Lord. I'm telling you, I am a witness to this. You actually hear from the Lord. And so... Um, like I said, I do I do other platforms. I do this platform. I do YouTube, and I also do a Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Because God is like, okay, apparently He want me to go where the sinners are and the carnal Christians are, and a lot of them are unfortunately over there on Facebook. So I'm over there too. Okay, I listen. I go wherever the Lord sends me. Okay, sometimes He sends me in the lion's den. Well, that's where I gotta be because I know He's there with me. Amen. Okay. So, anyway, like I was saying, is that um, I held to those views as well because who wants to go through the seven-year tribulation with all of that hot mess going on here on the earth, right? But Paul talks about there being uh, falling away okay and he talks about that okay that the snatching of the saint is not going to come until the man of sin is revealed the antichrist and we know that he doesn't come on the scene publicly because i'm who knows he probably right now on the earth okay but how we would know who he really is when we can say oh that's him okay because it has been a lot of antichrists, you know, some people say it was this president or that politician or what have you, but the Bible tells us that when he commits the abomination of desolation, when he sets himself up in that third temple, okay, and he, and he calls himself to be God, and he calls people to worship him and bow down to him, that's him, that's him, and and according to the timeline, that don't happen until three and a half years in. So that kind of push out the whole pre-tribulation that the church is not going to be taken up out of here. So listen, so like I said, I did this, this very intensive study on Facebook and I have it here. So I am going to, okay, relay this to you. Now, this is very lengthy because 
the Lord Jesus Christ walked me through the scriptures, okay? Because apparently we, we needed to get this settled. Now, let me make a disclaimer. First of all, today's title is Jesus' Own Words Proves There Is No Pre-Trib Rapture, okay? Now, let me make a disclaimer, okay? As Matthew 24, 36 says, but of that day, what day? The day of the rapture. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. Okay, that's the disclaimer. We don't know the day and we don't know the hour when it's going to happen. But Jesus, glory be to God, okay, in his wisdom, he showed us when the season for it is going to be ripe, okay? Because he, he gave us that parable of looking at the fig leaves and all that. So, and he has given us some signs, okay? The signposts of leading up to the end of the age because his, his disciples wanted to know this too, okay? Okay, so even though that he didn't say, okay, May 19, the year 2025 at... 8 a.m. in the morning, I'm coming back. No, he didn't say that, but he did give us some indicators, right? Okay, so now look, here we go. Now, you all may want to grab your Bibles for this and read along with me. Grab yourself a pen and a paper, a notebook, and you all can write this down, okay? Because we are going to need this. This is, this is some key information that the body of Christ needs. We need to know what is happening in the end times because if you all look around the world today something going on right i don't care if you a saint or a sinner this one thing that we have to agree on something is amiss okay you got this you got this pandemic going on right and some believe like i believe that this this has been an orchestrated pandemic Okay, okay, and this this COVID-19, this particular strand of the flu ain't nothing but the flu, okay? So, yes, people have died from this, you know, and um, people have been dying from plagues since plagues been on this earth. But think about it, folks. Just, I mean, just common rational thinking here, okay? It stands to reason that something is up. Why are they quarantining healthy people? Okay, because a quarantine, just by its definition alone, is to set aside a person that is contagious. Set aside that person. Okay, those people that have that particular infection, that virus, that if they are among other people, that they can spread it. So the so the sick. Right, Holy Spirit, it's the sick that get quarantined. Why are we have to be quarantined? Because see, their rational is that you got sick people walking around and they are going to infect everybody. Well, guess what? You got sick people walking around anyway. Somebody somewhere always got a cold. Somewhere, somewhere on this planet Earth, someone is sneezing in your face. And then you turn around and catch the flu. Okay, that happens. 
We ain't never had to quarantine the whole world. Listen, the whole world got to be quarantined because we healthy and a few people got the flu. Come on now. We have to wake up, okay? And if you listen to the media, now I'm going to get to today's lesson. Apparently the Holy Spirit wants me to interject just some plain common sense here, okay? Why is it that the whole world... America, Europe, Asia, Africa, the whole world has to be on a lockdown because of a cold. Now, look, listen, I don't care what they say. I don't care what numbers they are throwing out. People are dying by the millions, by the thousands every day. Certain uh, countries now is, is on a second lockdown. Come on. Come on. Why is healthy, why do healthy people need to be quarantined for what? Okay, so now we healthy, we we in the house. Okay, doing what? And for what? Why are we, ain't nobody in our house sick, I'm not sick, you're not sick. Why we got to be in the house? Okay, now when that sick person gets to the hospital and they having those symptoms of the COVID-19, we'll quarantine them. What what that got to do with us? Because you see people just think, turn off the TV for one, turn off the, that lying fake news media, turn that off and just think for a moment. If you are sick and you take yourself to the hospital and they say that you have this COVID-19 or you have whatever else kind of illness that if you are among people, you can spread it. They quarantine you, tuck you away somewhere, get you better, get you all patched up, get you ready to now to re-enter society. That's how medical science is supposed to work. That is how hospital and, and quarantine of a sick patient is supposed to work. How are they going to tell you who live way across town somewhere or way across a whole nother state way across the ocean somewhere because this person got a flu in in i don't know jonesville mississippi someplace some random place you know uh five days away from you okay to get to you gotta be quarantined because this person's over there in zimbabwe somewhere got the flu really so why why do we got to get quarantined? I'm not around that person, okay? I'm nowhere near where that person lives. Why me over here in America, in Central Texas, got to quarantine myself because somebody in China got the flu? Come on. Come on. So, like I said, like I said, something is going on in this earth. There is a shift. It's now a shift where the government is clamping down their authority. The elites, okay, that's sitting in these high positions, okay, because of their new world order agenda. Because think about it. If you study Bible prophecy, the Antichrist regime has to come on the scene, okay? It's coming on the scene. So that means that it's not going to just pop up one day and boom, the Antichrist is here and he has all these policies. No, this has been centuries in the making, okay? Ever since, thank you, Holy Spirit, ever since the fall in the garden, okay, it was, it started there, okay? Because 
God already had a plan. Listen, listen. This ain't, this is nothing new to the Lord. He already know how all this is going to happen, okay? And he using all of this for his purpose. So elites, let's not get this twisted, okay? You ain't that smart, okay? You think you're smart, but you ain't that smart, okay? God is using you for his purpose and plan, okay? To bring Jesus' kingdom onto the world scene. So anyway, all this took place way back then in the garden, okay? So we do know that that system, that new world order, okay, is coming on the scene and it has to start somewhere, okay? So it has been starting, like I said, since throughout the annals of time, getting down now to the 21st century. So now that is here, because let me tell you, Jesus already said, he already told me personally, okay, that he is on his way, that he is coming, he is at the door, he is ready to come in, he is about to make his grand entrance back onto the world scene. And he said that his reward is with him his reward of wrath is with him to be against his enemies okay because right now he is sitting at the right hand of god the father after coming to this world dying for the sins of the world of the of mankind okay he took on their punishment and he died and he was buried and after three days he rose again where he is sitting now at the right hand of god the father and from that position from there he is waiting to make his enemies his footstool. And guess what? That time is cracking open right now where he's about to make his enemies his footstool. So all that we see that's going on in the world today, okay, this is Bible prophecy being lived out right before our very eyes because the Bible says that 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 generation that's seeing all this happening, that's going to be the generation that he comes. So now, okay, so if we study that out, we are closer now more than ever, more than ever of Jesus' return. So, and that was leading me up to today's lesson because a lot of people who are believing in this pre-tribulation uh, uh, that we are not going to be here for all of God's wrath and all the judgments that's coming down, um, all the heavy persecution and the killings, the mass killings. Let me tell you, that Antichrist is going to wipe out half the world. Now, how he do it, he's going to be a lot of methods. Um, um, there's, there's talk about a, a, another a nuclear war, okay, that's going to wipe out billions. We're talking about famines. We're talking about earthquakes. We're talking about uh, devastation. That, and the Bible talks about uh, demonic hordes, the locusts, demonic uh, these demonic uh, horde of locusts. You know, they're going to come out on the earth. And then also you got this um, 200 million uh, demonic army that's going to be um running across the breadth of the earth you know so billions billions of people are going to be slaughtered and killed and the bible says that that if god didn't cut short the tribulation ain't no one's going to be left alive okay okay but he's doing it for his elect so we are here on the earth and so of course of course the carnal Christians and the false teachers who are steeped in their sins, they ain't trying to hear nothing about going through the tribulation because they holding on to the scripture that says that God has delivered us from his wrath. And he has. The problem, 
Okay, the problem is when is this wrath going to take place? Because absolutely, the saints are spared from God's wrath. The question on the floor is when is this wrath going to take place? Because, and that is the um, the the topic, I guess, of debate. When is his wrath? Because the pre-tribber says that his wrath is the whole seven-year period. But what does the scriptures say? Okay, so let's get back to the lesson. So here we go, folks. Here we go. I pray that you all got your Bibles. I pray that those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is telling us in today's lesson. So like I said, disclaimer, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And that's Matthew 24, 36. In the end times, during the seven-year tribulation, there will be a series of seven judgments that God will unleash his righteous fury on an unrepented, ungodly, unholy generation on the earth during this terrible times. And we have God's judgments. We have the seven seals. We have the seven trumpets. We have the seven bowls slash vials slash plagues and we can read about all of this in the book of revelation from the beginning to the end of revelation okay if only jesus had told us specifically the timing of the rapture we wouldn't have so much squabbling among christians today over whether it's pre-trib post-trib or pre-wrath rapture oh my friends but guess what he has told us, he has told us quite simply and plainly, yes, his own words proves there is no pre-tribulation rapture, only pre-trib teachers have taught us to disregard his words, and that's the problem where we have with these false teachers and pastors and preachers who are steeped in their sins, who are apostate who has fallen from the true doctrines and teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have pointed us in the wrong direction on purpose, okay? It is a diabolical pointing away from the Lord Jesus Christ and what he said plainly in his word. Because as I'm about to give you the uh, background to the whole pre-tribulation, okay, prior to that quote-unquote theory coming out, the early church didn't, it didn't even enter their minds about a pre-trib rapture, okay? that That's something that's new, and that's the problem. People that have been indoctrinated by all of these false doctrines think that this is something that God said. God didn't say this, okay? So let's get back to the lesson. Now, look, like I said, this is going to be a lengthy exegesis to rightly dividing to the rightly dividing of the scriptures to come to the truth of this false theology this false doctrine that the fake phony pastor okay that sat up there for decades that fed us this wrong information okay and like i said they are steeped in their sins and then we have the uneducated christians try to convince us for decades that Jesus will rapture the church before the seven-year tribulation, 
Now, like I said, let me give you all some background information, okay? Because you see, we need to find out where did this come from, okay? If it didn't come from God, where did it come from, okay? What many Christians do not realize about the pre-tribulation rapture is that, that this is a new theology, that it came into being in the late 1700s, folks. Yes, it did. And guess what? It was based upon a dream. Yeah, a dream. Wait a minute. Are you saying, Cynthia, you mean tell me that all these years of all this time, my pastor been telling me about the pre-trib and it's based off a dream? Yup, that's exactly what I'm saying. This was a dream. It, this is not even something that came out of the Bible. Listen, listen. Okay, okay. Like I said, being in the late 1700s based upon a dream, a quote-unquote dream, a mystery, a quote-unquote mystery, okay? What? That Jesus will rapture the church before the seven-year tribulation by a young Scottish lady named Margaret McDaniel. I'm sorry, no, Margaret McDonald. Margaret McDonald one day had a dream, okay? She had a dream, and in this dream, she said that, uh, I guess God told her that Jesus was going to rapture his church um, prior to the seven-year tribulation, okay? And then guess what happened with this dream, okay? Because, see, she was from a, a, a heretical group known as the Urbanites. So, one day, Mr. John Nelson Darby he learned of this dream, okay, which most likely was given to her by Satan because it's not in God's word. Now, I know y'all going to kick and scream already. I hear it. No, you wrong. That's not true. Listen, hear me out. This is going to be a long lesson. And like I said, those who have ears, let them hear, Lord. Let them hear what the Spirit is saying. Now, just calm down. Hang in there with me, okay? Now, listen, I'm just bringing scriptures. I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion, okay? If that's what you hold on to, fine. If you hold on to another view, fine. I'm just here for a lesson, an exegesis, a rightly divided, dividing of the scriptures, and to and let the Lord walk us through what his word said. That's all that I'm saying. Okay, so now look, like I said, John Nelson Darby, he learned of this dream and he later interpreted as a new quote unquote revelation from God. And as we know, okay, that the canon of scriptures have long been closed, closed. God is not giving out, quote unquote, new revelation, folks. He ain't doing it. He already put everything that he wanted us to know in his word. He put it in the four corners of the Holy Bible, those 66 books. He ain't giving out no more fresh uh, revelation to be added to his word. No, no, no. Now, look, like I said, God is not giving out new revelation to be added to his word. Now, what he is doing, okay, he's giving out revelation about his word when we in that word, when we study in that word, and the Holy Spirit is guiding us through. Yes, he gives us revelation about what he had already said. And now look, and because of this dream, 
this quote-unquote dream many church leaders and bible scholars have ran with it in error okay so that's how it all got started this is not a doctrine this is nothing that paul talked about this is nothing that peter talked about this is not anything john the revelator who walked the, john and peter and them and james and them they walked with jesus jesus ain't never said when he when he sat them down and told them about um the signs of the coming of the age he ain't never just just take him for at his word stop trying to overthink this people thank you holy spirit stop trying to overthink this jesus did not say listen i'm going to take you out of here just listen to his word stop listening to what that pastor is telling you he is lying okay he is twisting the scriptures go in there read for yourself did jesus say out of his mouth i am going to take you out before the seven year tribulation or did he say endure to the end okay because that's what he said okay that's the words that he said he never said but you know what continue in your sin don't worry y'all ain't gotta go through uh the uh, trouble of uh, these the seven year tribulations jacob's trouble now that's only for israel y'all ain't got nothing to worry about it y'all the church that's for israel now getting back to the lesson okay so if God didn't give Margaret McDonald and he didn't give John Nelson, Nelson Darby the mystery, okay, then who did this mystery, who was this mystery given to if it wasn't them, okay? Guess what? It was given to Paul, the apostle, by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The mystery, okay, the mystery about the, the snatching away the gathering away, the being caught up, the rapture of the saints was given to Paul. Okay. And it was given to, it was given to him the rapture where it takes place on the seven year tribulation timeline. Now, this is where we got to crack open the Bible. Okay. Now listen, first Corinthians 15 verses 51 to 52 says this, behold, I show you a mystery, okay? There's that mystery that Paul's talking about. And what is that mystery? That we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed, verse 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, okay? For the trumpet, now look, Paul is showing us here about that trumpet because you see, that's the key. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's the whole key to this whole rapture. That trumpet. A trumpet is going to be blown. Okay. Now, we need to find out when is this trumpet going to be blown. Because, see, everything is going to be based upon that blowing of the trumpet. And we see here that Paul is showing us where on the timeline the rapture fits in. Okay. Getting back to the scripture. It says that. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen. Now, pre-tribbers insist that the rapture occurs before the great tribulation. Most people who read the above scripture, that scripture I just read to you, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 to 52, okay? 
Most people who have read that scripture without the help of the false pre-trip teachers never come away believing in a pre-trip theory. We don't, listen, you have to be indoctrinated with it. Okay, you have to be indoctrinated with it and the scriptures have to be manipulated to arrive at that conclusion. Listen, friends, that's the only way that you can come away with a pre-trib rapture theory is that you have to be indoctrinated with that. And, and, And the scriptures have to be manipulated and twisted in order for you to arrive at that conclusion. Listen, I was in the same boat too. So I get it. It sounded real good. It sounded real good that God has delivered us from his wrath and we ain't got to go through it. Oh, that felt real good to my fleshy, sinful body, calling myself a Christian. Oh, that felt real good. So now look, let's see what happens at the last trumpet. And when will it be according to the timeline? But first, first, let's remember, Paul tells us that that day, remember how I was saying earlier, okay? Paul tells us that that day of the gathering of the saints will not come until the man of sin, the Antichrist, has been revealed. And we know he doesn't show up on the scene and be made known publicly until three and a half years in. Now, let me, where is the scripture right here? Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4. Let's read that, okay? Because before we talk about the blowing of that trumpet and where on a timeline that it takes place, we have to first remember this, okay? This is Paul. He says, now, We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, verse 2, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, okay? Paul is saying, look, listen, don't be troubled in your mind, okay, thinking that this rapture or, or that first um, resurrection um, has happened already. He's saying, no, no, no. He's, he's saying, not even if you get a letter from us, okay, as, as that the day of Christ is at hand, verse 3, let no man deceive you. See, he's telling us, he told us this, what, back, what, almost 2,000 years ago, because through Christ telling him this, he knew come the 21st century, a lot of people are going to be deceived about this timeline. So look, he tells us in his word, and that's what I'm saying, folks, we got to crack these Bibles open for ourselves, okay? And look, just look at the words in black and white. Look, verse three of what? Second Thessalonians chapter two, okay? Verse three. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day. What day? The gathering of the saints, the rapture, right? He says that for that day shall not come except, 
Okay, so that means that the rapture is not going to happen before the Antichrist gets on the scene. Just look at the words. Forget about that indoctrination. Forget about that stronghold that you got in your mind. Forget about what you ever learned about a pre-trib rapture. He's saying, look, he says that that day shall not come except they have come a falling away first, okay? Because see, there's some things that got to happen first. It's just that we just live in our little sinful lives, calling ourselves Christians, and then secretly we're out of here because they don't believe those left behind books either. And that is where Satan used those two gentlemen to, to further um, propagate the lie that we will be taken out of here that it's going to be this mystery all of a sudden you're going to have billions of christians just doing going about their lives and next thing you know zap we out of here and our clothes are laid down to the ground that is not scriptural it is not that is fantasy that is hollywood and those two gentlemen they made a, a millions, a ton of money behind that whole series of books and movies and DVDs. They got paid off the lie. Now, look, Paul is letting us know about how that day is not going to come except there be, except there come a falling away first and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Verse 4, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worship so that he as God sitting in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 1 through 4. Until that happens, guess what? We still here on the earth. Okay, listen, unless the Lord Jesus Christ calls you out of the body suit before all this happens and you go on to be with the Lord, but for those of us who are still on this earth and that Antichrist through the, the series of calculated, orchestrated events from the elites that are being ran by Satan with their depopulation agendas, with their Agenda 21s and agendas 22, uh, 2030 and you got bill gates running around the world making sure all of this falls into line with his satanical thinking okay 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 so all of that is going to have to take place before we are out of here okay don't believe a lot now going back to finding out about that trumpet okay because see i had to i had to put that in there Could you see the holy spirit is trying to unindoctrinate you they're trying to break down those those false doctrines and those and those strongholds that you had in your brain about us getting out of here before then now you all are hanging your hats on the fact that god did say that we would not incur his wrath but we need to find out when the day of the lord when his wrath is coming so now look Getting back to about that trumpet, we see in Revelation 10 verses 1 through 11 before the seventh trumpet, that last trumpet, because think about it, all the scriptures, they keep talking about this last trumpet being blown, okay? So, like I said, we see in Revelation 10 
1 through 11, before the seventh trumpet is blown, a mighty angel descending from heaven with a scroll. Okay, wait a minute, hold on. My phone. My phone just took away my note. Hold on, folks. Okay, hold on. Let me get back to it. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. One second. Don't y'all love the word of God? Don't y'all love it how my phone just be going out on me? Here we go. Let me scroll back down the list. Here we go. Okay. Okay. So now look. Hold on. Where was I? I apologize. My phone just... Here we go. Here we go, folks. So anyway, so like I was saying, right? Okay. We see in Revelation 10, 1 through 11, before the seventh trumpet, that last trumpet is blown. A mighty angel descending from heaven with a scroll, with a small scroll, after giving a great shout like that of a lion, the seven thunders answered. Now, when the seven thunders spoke, John the Revelator, he was about to write down what was said, but then he heard a voice from heaven saying, Keep secret what the seven thunders said, and do not write it down. Then the mighty angel, he raised his hand toward heaven and swore an oath to God and said, there will be no more delay. Okay. There will be no more delay when the seventh angel blows his trumpet, his trumpet, God's mystery plan will be fulfilled. So now look, we, we see in Revelation 10, Verses 1 through 11, this story that I'm reading, this accounting of the scripture about this mighty angel coming down from heaven with this small scroll in his hands, right? Giving this great shout like a lion and the seven thunders, whatever that is, okay? Uh, whatever that is, that's a mystery because John, he was finna write down what they said, but then he heard that voice from heaven saying, uh-uh, keep secret what they said so whatever whatever they said that's something god does not want want it to be revealed to us so john didn't write it down but then that angel okay what he did was that he raised his hand toward heaven and swore in an oath to god and he said this he says that there will be no more delayed when the seventh angel blows his trumpet because see, he's telling us when God's mystery plan, and we already saw, what is that mystery plan? The rapture of the church. So we got this angel from heaven telling us, telling us when the mystery plan of God is going to be revealed. He says that there will be no more delay when the seventh angel blow his trumpet. That's that last trumpet because it's seven, it's seven trumpets that these seven angels are going to be blowing. And he's saying here, a messenger from God, okay, not, thank you, Holy Spirit, not what that fake phony pastor is saying. God has sent his angel to tell John, to tell us when his plan of the rapturing of his saints is going to take place. And he says it right here. He says that when the seventh angel blows his trumpet, God's mystery plan will be fulfilled. Amen. And what is that mysterious plan? The rapturing, the gathering of his saints, the elect, 
we the church are the elect don't let these false christians and our false pastor fool you to think that israel is god's elect they are not they are temporarily put on hold right now because they didn't stop sinning. They didn't want to worship God. They were steeped in their idolatry. So God put them away temporarily. He is now dealing with us, the Gentiles. We are now in this dispensation of grace. It's like, it's, it's, it's this hold, if you will, that has been put on time, okay, where Israel and God is concerned, okay, because... <laughs> God been fighting with them since the beginning. Every, you know what I mean? Since he brought them out of Egypt, he has been dealing with them for centuries. And because of the hardening of their hearts, when Jesus came on the scene, they denied him. Okay. And because of that, and because of all the past history he had had with that, with that obstinate people, they were stiff necked. They were hardened in their hearts. They didn't believe when Jesus said and when he came on the scene, he stood in the temple and he read from the scroll of Isaiah and he told them, I am he, the one that you are see is speaking in your hearing. That's me. I'm the Messiah. Everybody look at me. I'm he. The ones that y'all been prophesying, the one y'all been praying for, the one y'all been looking for. I'm raising my hand. I'm he. And they were like, I don't think so. What you mean you don't think so? That's him. Y'all been waiting for him. So anyway, he put them on hold. Okay. So right now he's dealing with us. We are the elect. So now, oh, okay. Okay. Getting back to the scripture. Okay. Like I said, he says, there will be no more delay when the seventh angel blows his trumpet. God's mysterious plan will be revealed. It will happen just as he announced it to his service and prophets. Okay. That's what the angel said. The angel said that at the seventh, when that seventh angel blows. Okay. So that means that we are going to go through the seven seals judgment. We are going to go through the trumpet judgments, all seven of them, because at the seventh now, at the end of each seal, that seventh one ushers in the next series of judgments, right? Okay, so it's looking like God's wrath is not going to come down a pike until after that seventh angel blows his trumpet. So yes, pre-tribbers, we are saved from God's wrath, but guess what? It's not going to happen until the seventh trumpet being blown, okay? Because the falling away got to happen. The man of sin, that Antichrist, he got to come on the scene, right? Okay, and we know that that abomination of desolation, when he stands up in that temple talking about how he's God and that there is no other God but him, when he do that, that's not happening until three and a half years in, okay? Because we know something is on the horizon when we see in the media that how Israel has signed uh, a covenant. Okay, um, what is it? A seven-year deal covenant with the many, with all these nations. When you see that's happening, perk your ears up, 
Okay, because something is coming down the pike. Because when 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 that gets signed, because it's gonna be a lot of signatures on that thing, right? So at the ending craze is gonna be the driving force behind that treaty. Okay, that covenant. When that gets signed with Israel, when they build that temple, because see, in order, thank you, Holy Spirit, in order for him to stand up in that temple, it has to be built. Right now, it's not built, but there's plans in the workings, there's plans in the makings. They got a lot of things that's lined up. Only thing that has to happen probably next is them to lay in the concrete, okay? So when that temple gets built, okay, when they start resuming them animal sacrifices now, okay, per God, people, the church is still on the earth when all of that is happening, okay? And three and a half years in, Paul says that, he said that that day, the gathering of the saints, that day is not going to happen except when that man of sin gets revealed, that falling away, because the reason why there's going to be a falling away, because there's going to be a lot of persecution, Christians are going to be heavily persecuted for their faith, and they're going to, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we are going to be going through a lot of heavy persecution and there's going to be a great falling away because they're going to think that God lied to them because they believe the lie of the fake pastor of the uneducated Christians that we was going to be taken out of here before. And when we look up and see ourselves in the throes of this regime, um, of the throes of our liberties, our Christian religion liberties have now been um, aborted and terminated. And we're going to wonder why God didn't keep his word. He kept his word. That lying pastor was lying. So now look, okay. So like I said, the angel said that when the seventh angel blows his trumpet, God's mysterious plan will be fulfilled, okay? And he says that, he says that it will happen just as he announced it to his servants and prophets. Now, look, I got a little interlude because, see, I have to keep throwing all of these scriptures in here because this is how we rightly divide the word of God. Now, look, got an interlude for you folks. Now, Paul already told us what this mystery was and he told us that in first corinthians 15 verses 51 to 52 he was talking about the first resurrection where the dead in christ will rise to put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality verse 14 now look hold on verse 14 of first thessalonians 4 verses 14 through 17 says this for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain. Check that word out. Remain, folks. Okay. It stands to reason. He using that word and remain. Listen. He said that which we are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. He's saying that first, those who died in Christ, they're going to rise first. And those of us who are alive and remain, why is he saying the word remain? Why is he not just saying alive and living? Now, listen, listen, verse 16 
for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Oh, there's that trumpet again. Listen, folks, everything is being centered around this trumpet. Okay. And with the trump of God. Okay. And the dead and Christ shall rise first. They ain't coming out of the grave until they hear that trumpet, folks. Okay. When the Lord himself coming down from heaven shouting and with the voice of the archangels and with that trumpet of God. Okay. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. I can only imagine him saying, you know, if I happen to go by the wave of the grave, Cynthia, come. And then that trumpet is blown and then my, 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 uh, perish body coming up out of that grave because see the spirit is already in heaven okay but that that body that returned back to the dust oh it's rising oh yes it is now look the dead in christ must rise first to meet the lord in the air right at the rapture and those who are alive and remain now like i said look at that word remain meaning many people would have already died at the hand of the Antichrist. So it stands the reason that the church will still be on the earth. Because why else will Paul use the words alive and remain? Okay. I think these false teachers just bypassed that word remain. Because see, that wouldn't fit into their false doctrine of a pre-trib rapture. It says alive and remain. If not to imply that some would not. Be alive at the time. We're talking about the saints, okay? It, if not to imply that some would not be alive at the time of the gatherings of the saints. He could have used the words alive or living, but no, no, no. He was specific to say alive and remain. Now, to further explore this mystery, okay? The mystery of the church as the bride of Christ this was revealed to Paul. Because you see, all these mysteries wasn't revealed to nobody but to Paul in the New Testament, okay? I don't care what Mary McDonald said. I don't care what John Nelson Darby, what he said, and then and then he then he gave it to Schofield. And then Schofield ran with it. Um, He ran with it. He put it in books. He made his Schofield, what is that, that commentary all that, you know, all that, that resources that, that got embedded down the line to the uh, seminary schools. And then they, you know, after they finished seminary school, they went out and created and made their own churches and they brought that false doctrine with them. No, this was revealed to Paul, the mystery of the church as the bride of Christ. And it is disclosed in Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. Because you see in verse 32 of that scripture, Paul says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Because you see, under the figure of the relation of a man and wife, Paul was making this analogy. He says that this is a great mystery. Okay, Because look, it stands to reason that the first Adam had a bride, Eve. Okay, so, and the second or the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ, must have a bride too, the church. This, this is a great mystery because it explains why there should be a parenthetical dispensation. 
okay? A parenthetical dispensation that says God's dealing with Israel as a nation, okay? Not as an individual because we know that there are some Jews that do accept Jesus as the Messiah. No, he's dealing with Israel as a nation, okay? Terminated temporarily at Christ's first coming and will not resume until he appears the second time. So meanwhile, God is dealing with the Gentiles. That's what I was saying earlier. God is dealing with the church, okay? In this parenthetical dispensation, or some may call it the grace age or the age of the church. He is dealing with us now. So now getting back to the rapture, okay? Because I just had to, because see, I had to keep throwing in these little interludes, okay, about this trumpet, okay? Because that's where we getting it wrong at. So getting back to Revelation 10, right? So we see the angel in, in verse 7 of Revelation 10 saying, there will be no more delay that at the blowing of the seventh trumpet, God's mysterious plan plan for what the church okay will be fulfilled so now to recap we saw that the mysterious plan was revealed to paul in first corinthians 15 uh chapter 15 verse 52 to 53 we see this mysterious plan revealed to paul in second thessalonians 2 verses 1 through 4 we see this mysterious plan revealed to paul in first thessalonians verses 14 to 17 which is the rapture of the church god has given us the timeline where the rapture is going to take place yes we don't know the date we don't know the time but we know we're on that seven year timeline is going to happen now look hang in there with me i'm about to wrap this all up okay so now look some say like i've been saying that the church will be spared from God's wrath. Absolutely, and rightly so, because we see in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, for God have not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But when, okay, when will we be spared from God's wrath? That's what got the pre-tribbers all confused. So now let's see, where does God's wrath begin? Okay, because that's the question on the floor now. Where does God's wrath begin? Because tree, because tree uh, pre-tribbers, okay, and the false teachers are all saying that God's wrath begins before, before the seven-year tribulation and that the whole, that the whole seven-year period is God's wrath not so absolutely not so god's wrath begins at the blowing of the seventh trumpet which will usher in the soon coming rapture let's see what the scripture says about when does god's wrath begins okay because this is how we doing it today this is how we doing it today we getting into the book we getting into the book we actually opening up the scriptures and seeing what it says now look revelation 11 15 to 18 is going to tell us when does god's wrath begin now open up our ears let's put on our listening ears as judge judy like to say put on our listening ears okay 
the seventh trumpet brings the third terror. Listen, verse 15 of Revelation 11 says this. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. Okay, that's scripture. That's not me saying this. That's not Mary McDonald saying this. This is not John Nelson Darby. This is not Schofield. This is nobody but the word of God saying this. Verse 15, Revelation 11. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there was loud voices shouting in heaven saying this. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. Verse 16. The 24 elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshiped him. Verse 17, and they said, we give thanks to you, Lord God, the almighty, the one who is and who always was. For now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. Verse 18, here we go, y'all. Here we go. The nations were filled with wrath, but now, but now the time of your wrath has come. Come on, folks. We can't get any clearer than that. This is not a twisting of the scriptures. This is in black and white. This is not what I say. I am not that smart. Trust me, this pea brain is not that smart to be making this up. Verse 18 The nations were filled with wrath, but now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets, as well as your holy people, all who fear your name from the least to the greatest. It is time, come on, to do what? To destroy. God's wrath is being unleashed at the seventh trumpet. We just read it. We just read it, okay? It says, it is time to destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. So, so, we see that the wrath of God or the day of the Lord does not happen until the seventh and last trumpet. And this lines up with Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 to 52, where he says, at the last trumpet, for the last trumpet will sound and the dead shall rise the um, and the dead shall be raised and incorruptible and we shall be changed. Okay. Okay. Because see, he was letting us know that when that last trumpet is blown, the dead in Christ will rise first. And those who remain and alive, because let me tell you, the saints are going to be in for a rude awakening. When they find themselves being having their heads cut off, when they being put in jail and being beaten, uh, being beaten, and when they suffer because they can't buy or sell, because that mark of the beast is coming down the pipe, and they and they are going to wonder where is God? Okay, so a lot of them are going to be killed because the scripture just said. Those who remain and alive will meet them in the air. Talking about those who rise in the air first, okay? The dead in Christ, they are going to rise. Um, that they are going to uh, rise first. 
okay? And those who remain in the line will meet them in the air to be with the Lord forever. Amen. So look, you're right, pre-tribbers. You are right. We are saved from God's wrath, but a big old butt just entered the room, y'all. Big booty Judy came on the scene, but it doesn't happen until further down the seven-year tribulation period at the seventh trumpet. And we know that comes after the first seven seal judgments. Now, I'm going to try to close it here. Okay, so now look, look, further proof because we are going to keep digging and digging. Why? Because for decades, they've been giving us the wrong information. So it's going to have to take some time to unravel all of that untruth. Okay? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now look, further proof that the church will still be on the earth because we are warned not to take the mark of the beast. Who else was God talking to? Okay? He ain't talking to the sinner because we see in the book of Revelation, even after all those judgments coming down from God, they still have not repented. So we know he ain't talking to them. Who else is he talking to? Come on, folks. We got to wake up. We got to wake up and smell the indoctrination for what it is. Okay? Who else was he talking to? Okay? So now look. At the instituting of the mark of the beach, which will be a little more after the three and a half year mark of the seven tribulation. Why? Because that's when the Antichrist is going to be uh, revealed, right? So, like I said, because the Antichrist would have had to come on the scene to command everyone to take his mark and worship his image. And we know his public identification will be made apparent. At the three and a half year mark, because both Daniel, okay, the book of Daniel is a great parallel to the book of Revelation, okay, and Paul talks about him committing the abomination of desolation, and Paul discusses that in Second Thessalonians two one through four, which takes takes place at the midway point of the seventh year tribulation at the three and a half year mark. In Revelation 14, 1 through 11, remember how I was talking about that angel flying in the sky? Um, okay, so now look, we see, right, that an angel will fly through the sky proclaiming the good news because I know somewhere in the scripture I'm recalling, Jesus says that, that the gospel will be preached throughout the whole world and then the end will come, okay? You all could look that up for me, right? So now look, in Revelation 14, 1 through 11, we see that an angel will fly through the sky proclaiming the good news to the people of the world, shouting, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. You see, it's telling us again when, thank you, Holy Spirit, when the hour of his judgment is coming. Okay, okay. And it said, fear God and give him and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And then we see another angel. Okay. Okay. Flying, saying how, you know, Babylon is falling. And then we see a third angel saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast, and his image and receive his mark in his forehead 
or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. Amen. Cold words. Do not, do not, do not take the mark of the beast. Okay, because you see, that is where our faith is going to really be on display then. Okay, because you see, it's going to be a great falling away because we bought into the lie that we was going to be out of here. And we're going to be in for a rude awakening when we when we got to stand on the faith, whether we take that mark so we can buy and sell and eat, okay? Or, or we're going to die in the name of Jesus for his name's sake, right? So look, so God's people, his church is still, capital letters, folks, still on the earth at this time because Revelation 14, 12 says, that's all we got to do. We just got to go to these scriptures. Revelation 14, 12 says this, this means, now I'm reading straight from the scripture. It says, this means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently. Let me stop there. Where is it saying that we are out of here? God is telling us that his holy people, that means glory be to God, his saints. We, listen. And don't say, no, he's talking about uh, tribulation saints, those who come to Christ during the tribulation. That's not what he said. Okay. Don't, don't twist that. Don't put words into God's mouth. Glory be to God. Don't put words in his mouth. He ain't say that. He says, and this, this is in quotes. Okay. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. Blessed. It says, blessed are those who die. How much clearer do we need pre-tribbers? We are finna go through the fire. It ain't gonna be pretty. No wonder nobody wants to be around. I don't wanna be around, but I'm not gonna be a fool. Okay, if he's if God is saying what it is, it's what it is. Okay, look, he says that blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit is backing up the Father. Glory be to God, hallelujah. He is backing up the Father. He says, Yes, says the Spirit. They, they who? The church people. He said, okay, God, look, 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 the Trinity at work. I love it. Look at this. God says, blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. Uh-huh. He backing up the Father. He says, yes, says the Spirit. They, talking about the church, they are blessed indeed. The Spirit is like, yup, yup, they are blessed. Lord, you right, yup. The Holy Spirit, now look, I'm putting it in my lingo, okay, okay, because some of, some of us are not as educated as you, you know, forgive us, we are not Bible scholars, okay, okay, because even Paul says, listen, I didn't come with eloquence of speech, I'm like that too, listen, I don't come with eloquence of speech. I'm just coming from the word of God. I am from Brooklyn, New York. This is how I talk. I can't help it. So anyway, look, the, the Holy Spirit was like, yup. He says, yes, says the spirit. They are blessed indeed for they will rest from their hard work. 
with hard work, maintaining our faith because God just told us up here in verse 14 that he says that and maintaining their faith in Jesus, getting back down here where it says, okay, for they will rest from their hard work for their good deeds will follow them. And that's Revelation 14, 13. Okay. So now look, and then, okay. So after that verse in the Bible, we see in verses 14 to 16 of Revelation 14, we see that, um, that the harvest of the reaping of God's church of the earth. Okay. That's when the rapture is taking place. Okay. So if you read those scriptures, you, you all can read that for yourself. So in the essence of time, I'm going to bring us to a conclusion. Now, I think that God, that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity has made their point with today's lesson. Okay. So in conclusion, pre-tribbers and their false teachers and prophets got it all wrong. John talks about in Revelation 7 verses 9 through 14, because if you leave it up to them, they're going to tell you, well, after Revelation 4 in the Bible, we don't see the church on the earth. Who said that? Where in the Bible does it say that after Revelation 4, the church is taken away? Oh, because we see uh, um, John being called up to heaven. That's John. Listen, John is not the church all by himself. He is, thank you, Holy Spirit. John is not the church. That is not a representative of the church being snatched away. That's indoctrination. That's false information. Nowhere in the Bible, listen, take the word for what it is. You know, no, that's just symbolic of the church. No, it is not. That's indoctrination. That is not okay, symbolic of the church, that's what y'all wanted to me, but that's not what it is, listen, I want to be 110 pounds, slinky skinny again, but I'm not, okay, I can symbolically say all I want, I'm 110 pounds, but when I step on a scale, it says something different, and when we crack open these scriptures, it says something different, now look, here we go, Revelation 7, verses 9 through 14, okay, seeing the church, okay, not uh, John uh, being symbolized at the church in heaven, okay, he was told who this multitude was, because John was looking at in, in amazement, because it says, verse 9, after this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Verse 10, and cried with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb. Verse 11, and all the angels stood around, uh, stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. Verse 12, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Verse 13. And one, okay, here we go. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed 
uh, arrayed in white robes. And whence came they? Okay, because see, the elders is asking John, who are all these people? They got these white robes on. Where they come from? And John is like in verse 14, and I said unto him, sir, thou knowest. John is, John is like, you know. He says, and I said unto him, sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, mm -hmm, these are they which came out of the great tribulation. Because see, the false teacher wants to gloss over that. Okay, they want that to be interpreted as something else instead of reading for what it is. Okay, he's saying, look, because the elder said to him, because he looking at the multitude too, and he's saying to John, who are they? They got these white robes on, they got these palms in their hands. Who are those? And John is like, I don't know. You know, you up here in heaven. Look, you tell me who they are. And look, and the and the elder said what? These are they which came out. They came out. They meaning they were snatched out of. They were they were raptured out of. They were gathered out of. They came out. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. They came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of lamb. So listen, folks. Listen. I love you all. And you know, I only come on this podcast because Jesus sent me here. Listen, like I've been telling y'all, I've been living my sinful life back in 2002, minding my own Jezebel spirit, having diva spirit, having life. Okay. And he pulled me and called me out of darkness. And it took some time to get the memo, Cynthia, stop sinning and, and come out from all these false ministries with the apostate living high on the hog, lavish lifestyle, fake phony pastors and bishops, okay, and get the memo to repent of your sins and stop sinning and put on some clothes to cover up that body, okay, I finally got the memo, now look, the church will go through the great tribulation, listen, I love you all, and I'm only coming with the truth as God showed me like he showed anybody else. Why the fake phony pastor didn't get this memo too. Because you know why? Because they're so busy digging in your pockets to get that money off the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed. Okay. Anyway. The church will go through the great tribulation up until God's wrath where we see it at the blowing of the seventh trumpet announcing the beginning of the next series of horrific judgment the seven bowls that is people that is what we are being spared from the seven bowl judgments or the seven vials or the seven plagues which will bring god's wrath to completion okay not taking the mark of the beast will be the church's finest hour of faith so you see we still here folks for they will be blessed, okay? We just heard what the Holy Spirit said. He backed up the Father. He says, yes, indeed, they will be blessed. Why? Because they died in faith for Christ. Like he died for us. We finally get to do something. If, if anything, we get to do something. That's why he says, stand firm to the end. Glory be to God. Look, for they will be blessed who in defiance, okay? We are going to be in defiance to the end in Christ's severe persecution and worship. And we will die in our faith of allegiance to our Lord and Master. Amen. So now look, one last scripture. And I promise I'm going to let y'all go. 
well, two more, two more, two more. Come on now. Hang in there with me. Shoot. I, the Holy Spirit got to uh, unindoctrinate you all for all, for all the many years that we bought the lot. Look, even John marveled in Revelation 15, 1 through 4, when he saw in heaven another event. Okay. Seven angels, right? They were holding the, uh, they were holding the seven last plagues, right? Bringing God's wrath to completion. And look, this is what he said. He said, he said, I saw before me what seemed to be a glass sea mixed with fire and on it stood all the people. What people? The church folks. Okay. He says that, he says that, and on it stood all the people who had been victorious over the beast and his statue and the number representing his name. They were all holding harps that God had given them. They were all singing the song of Moses and the song of the lamb. Amen. Now look, Jesus, he wants us to be where he at. Look, listen. He is not trying to hide anything from us. What he wants is for us to be with him. And we see that in John 14 verses 1 through 3 where he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. So remain faithful during the great tribulation, because Jesus said, do not, okay, here we go, for all you pre-tribbles who think we are going to be spared from this, and we are not, trust me, I don't want to go through this either, but I'm going to wake myself up in case we find ourselves alive. <laughs> during this, okay, we won't be part of the great falling away that Paul talked about. Now, look, Jesus said in Revelation 2.10, okay, and this is what we hang our hats on as we march in, as we are being marched up to the guillotines, okay, okay? Now, look, do not be afraid. Jesus is comforting us. He said, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Do that sound like he's telling us, oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to take you out of here. No, no. He's saying, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. Okay. Test us for what? Why are we going through any tests and trials? We're supposed to be out of here. Jesus is like, no, no, no. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Now, I have often wondered to myself when, you know, when I was thinking about where the rapture is going to take place and I read that scripture, it said for 10 days and I'm thinking, oh, 10 days, well, I probably, I probably could do 10 days. And the Holy Spirit told me recently, he says that, those are 10 days right there that Jesus is talking about. 
Those are going to be the 10 days that they're going to give you in prison after they beat you and trying to coerce you to give up your faith in Jesus. Then after 10 days, when they see that they can't get anywhere with you, guess where we're going? We're going straight to them guillotines, that countries right now like Canada, like America. And who knows, probably in Europe too, they are buying these masses amount of guillotines for what? Don't let this fake phony world fool you to say that them guillotines are for whatever reason. Them guillotines are for the cutting off the heads of the saints who do not after 10 days, okay? If they're not, you know, going to conform to what they want, after 10 days, we get our heads cut off. So now look, getting back to the scripture. It says, I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. Revelations 2.10. Where is it that Jesus out of his mouth in red? This is in red. Where is he saying he's taking us out of here? He, I'm going to read it again. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you. The devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, be faithful, be faithful, even to the point of death. That don't sound like we getting out of here, folks. That don't sound like we getting out of here. Jesus is telling us in red. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. So, pre-tribbers, okay, who think we're not going to suffer persecution, and therefore we will miss the whole seven-year tribulation, including all of the great tribulation period. Listen, you all are deceived. You are deceived, and thus will be the great fall away when they find themselves being heavily persecuted by the Antichrist because they would think that God had failed them and lied to them. No, no, no. That fake, phony, lying pastor lied to you. And with that, I'm going to bring this to a close. I pray that all of all of you who really wanted to hear the truth, let the Holy Spirit let you know what we just taught today came straight from the word of God. I keep telling y'all, I am not that smart. I am just a vessel. I am just a vessel that I willingly gave up my life to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he's having me to do in this space and time. So I pray that I, I brought glory to the Father that I, I brought glory to Jesus' name with the help of the Holy Spirit. I pray for those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit has just said. And so, Lord willing, until next time, I speak to you all soon. Crack that Bible, open up, open it up, and read everything that was just taught today. Read it for yourselves. Read it for yourselves and see what the Holy Spirit just said. Amen. Amen. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.